0: Grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Palm Sunday shows us, among other th- many things, shows us this, that Jesus may not be who you want Him to be, but He will always be who you need Him to be. And I often live this gap in my own life. We often have this mismatch between our expectations of Jesus and the real Jesus, who He is and what He did for you. We have this gap between what we want Him to be and who He actually is. How many times have you, for instance, felt let down by God in some way? Maybe you prayed for something and then it didn't happen the way you wanted it to. You said, God, fix all of my problems now. Or my favorite one, make me more patient right now. Don't put me in patient-making situations, just give it to me. Or, Lord, I need more money, or I need a better job, or whatever it is, make all my health problems go away. God, I, I need something, give it to me now. And how often have we prayed something like that, and how often has God not answered it how you wanted, and you walk away feeling in some way empty-handed? There is this mismatch or this gap between our expectations of Jesus and the actual truth of Jesus. And it can be a wide chasm sometimes between what we want God to do for us and what God actually does for us. God may not give you everything you want, but Jesus more than meets your deepest needs and your soul's deepest longings. And Palm Sunday starts to show us that. Jesus is often not who we want Him to be, but He is always absolutely who we need Him to be. So today begins Holy Week, and it is the week that changes the world, a week unlike any other, a week that changes the course of human history. Yes, that's what Christianity believes and teaches, what the Bible teaches. So let's go back to that first one. As Jesus rode into Jerusalem on the donkey 2,000 years ago, some people say there were upwards of 2.5 million people crammed into Jerusalem. It's not that big at the time. To celebrate the Passover, Jews from all over the area. And they thought, boy, something's going to be special this year with Prophet Jesus around. Those that have followed him from Galilee all the way down. And yes, it would be special, but not in the way they wanted or expected. People had high hopes and had great expectations for Jesus. They hoped the day would finally come where He would free them from the Roman occupation and they would finally be ruled by their Messiah King, military King. And Jesus rides into Jerusalem in quite a spectacle and they knew the story because they knew the stories from before. And here's what they are. So way back in 842 B.C., go back to 2 Kings chapter 9, the prophet Elisha anoints Jehu to be king. But there's already another evil existing king in Israel doing not God's will. And so this act of defiance to the ruling king, the prophet anoints a new king, and then the people spread their cloaks on the ground and start yelling, Jehu is king. So in Jesus' day, people knew the story. A new king is here, and they have high hopes. Or even fresher in their memory was just 200 years before Jesus, between Old and New Testament. Judas Maccabee conquered the pagan armies that suppressed Israel at the time. And he proudly rode into Jerusalem with crowds waving palm branches. And he began a dynasty that lasted over 100 years. People knew the story. They were ready. They wanted and expected Jesus to be someone. Or as we've talked about this Lent, we've talked about David a lot. When David was old and near death, Solomon, he had already appointed, Nathan, a prophet told him to appoint Solomon to be the next king, but an older son, Adonijah, had other plans, and he secretly got the army commander, Joab, and David's priest, Abiathar, on his side, and then had his own coronation, and then David gets word of this through Bathsheba, who knew of the promise, Solomon's mom, and quickly tries to get a hold of this. And David quickly puts Solomon on his royal mule. I guess that's uh, David's Air Force One of sorts. Put him on his royal mule and has him ride into Jerusalem through that same gate that Jesus rides through as a crowd cheers. They know the story. And so here comes Jesus. The king they had hoped for was here. He will defeat our enemies like David. He'll kick out the foreign oppressors, set up a kingdom. So they lay down their coats, they wave palm branches and shout, Save us, Hosanna, finally what we want. And even in Matthew they say, Hosanna to the son of David. They want him to be David's heir, to rule on the throne, and he is, but not in the way expected. Because remember, God's promise to David was that he would send A descendant who would rule forever and ever and ever, and that is absolutely Jesus, just not in the way they expected. King Jesus is riding a donkey. He comes in peace. He comes in humility, not war and violence. And the branches, the coats, the crowds, they show Jesus magnificence and the honor he deserves. Yet the donkey shows his humility. See, he comes to be your king, except he's a king unlike any other. And if we're honest with ourselves, I think you and I are like the masses, waving palm branches on Sunday, but then Thursday or Friday comes, we're nowhere to be seen. We're hiding in fear like everyone else. We at times, we want God to meet our immediate needs, our immediate desires, yet we lack the courage later then to wait and pray for God to fulfill his promises. Often I want God to answer my prayers immediately and exactly the way I want right now. And most of the time God doesn't give me what I want but rather what I really need. But we don't have time for that often. Who has time for a God who doesn't give us what we want right now? Sometimes we say in a if a worship service or a sermon or something we read is not immediately relatable and applicable we go, "Oh, that was pointless." Yet Jesus was planting seeds with his disciples for a long time. He'd been telling him for a long time already that he's going to die and suffer. And and you heard it in the gospel reading at the beginning today from John. They still don't understand. Doesn't seem very applicable in the moment. And he tells them again and again. And the disciples still want power and importance and immediate results. But it will make sense soon, just not yet. You see, Jesus may not be what you want Him to be, but He will always be who you need Him to be. And somewhere in this tension between who we want Jesus to be and who He actually is, somewhere in this tension is what we call faith. Faith says, God, I don't understand you all the time. I don't understand my life all the time, but you're the King, and I trust you. You have come in power and humility You're the king who rules by dying. You conquer by being condemned. And even though I don't understand you all the time, I lay down my coat for you and adorn you with palm branches because someday this will make sense. Someday I'll see beyond this moment. Someday I'll stand on the mountaintop and it'll make sense. And for the disciples, well, starting next Sunday, things start to finally fall into place and make sense. Jesus may not who you be who you want him to be, but he will always be who you need him to be. When Jesus rode into Jerusalem, the people cheered and prayed, hoping that he would save them from the evil that they could see in front of their own eyes, the Romans, temporary evil. But Jesus would save them from the evil they couldn't see that was even worse, eternal evil. And you too, how often do we face real temptations and burdens and evil now. And we pray that God will deliver us now. And even as we face difficulty now, know that Jesus has already solved the eternal problem that we have. He has forgiven all of your sin and taken away all the evil in your heart and mind that draws us away from God. Yes, this week changes the world. The king has come to Jerusalem, but our king has a crown of thorns, and he sits, hangs on a throne that's a cross. Why? It's because that's what you need. It's not necessarily what you and I want. You and I may want immediate results and a popular Jesus who always agrees with us, never never disagrees, everyone always loves, but that Jesus won't save you. We need Jesus to save us to be rejected for us, to be our substitute, to be our Savior, to be our King, to be our God with us, God for us, God who died for you. And Jesus is. Jesus may not be who you want Him to be, but He's always who you need Him to be. And what we need Jesus to be is much, much greater than what we could ever simply only want Him to be. In Jesus' name, amen.